Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Wednesday, October 13th, 2021. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, President Joe Biden is poised to sign a bill that will raise the debt limit. Now what? Number two, reading the tea leaves on Kentucky Democrat and budget chairman John Yarmuth's retirement. And number three, a big Ohio Republican is backing Jane Timken's primary run for Senate. All right, Jake, let's get into it. The number one story of the day, Democrats have finally figured out how to at least temporarily raise the debt limit. But where's the rest of their agenda? Yeah, that's a good question. It's nowhere. <laughs> I hate to say it for them. Um, I a few a few things to think about here. Um, so today is uh, what is today? October thirteenth, I guess. Um, and that means we're like eighteen days from the end of the month. That's when federal highway funding expires. The House and the Senate are out until next week, um, which means essentially that uh, the rest of this week is dead. And let's just run down the run down where you know where the negotiations are. So. Um, Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, and Chuck Schumer, the Senate Majority Leader, say they want a bill. They want to get the infrastructure bill and the reconciliation bill done this month. Um, I don't. I, I. I. I don't know how that's possible. Um, negotiations between the White House and Senate Democrats and Pelosi have not resulted in a top line number. Um, and when will that happen? I don't know. Uh, it actually seems. Far from getting better, it seems like the um, it seems like the the two sides are getting more dug in. I mean, yesterday you had Bernie Sanders and Pramila Jayapal, the the top the top Democrats, uh, progressive Democrats in both chambers, suggest that um, they cannot live without a, a massive expansion expansion of Medicare in this legislation. She they have said that, and and Jayapal quite interestingly said that that. You know, she she was saying, well, people have asked, isn't something better than nothing? And the answer, quite simply, is no. <laughs> so so uh, that if you're if you are uh, a Democrat and you're hearing that, I, that doesn't seem great. That doesn't seem like they are getting in better. That doesn't seem like they're getting it better into a better place or better position. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, they clearly both both sides seem very dug in, though. I will say, you know, sometimes things almost fall apart before they come together. And even though they do have this October 31st deadline that the speaker has put forward, that could certainly slip. I mean, I think both of us have been saying and me probably more pessimistically for for quite a while have been saying, you know, I think this probably slips into an end of the year kind of crunch time. We'll see what happens with this Virginia governor's race. The politics change pretty quickly for a lot of Democrats when all of a sudden you're staring down, you know, less than a year out of the midterm election and Joe Biden has not, you know, hasn't really done a, sing- a single uh, legislative achievement here. I do think one of the other interesting things that we're noting in this morning's newsletter uh, is that there does seem to be this softening on including the debt limit as part of reconciliation next time around. That seems pretty significant. Yeah, it is significant. It's significant to me, at least. I mean, I I, I asked Nancy Pelosi and Steady Hoyer this yesterday, um, and sh- they both said to me, well, Ho- Pelosi basically said, you know, uh, 
her her view of it was why aren't republicans doing this why do we have to do it for them which is you know i that's a that's an existential question that i'm probably not best positioned to answer um and hoyer just said he's in favor of including it in reconciliation because the alternative is so is so drastic and so bad and the alternative is is defaulting so um I have to imagine they're just going to include this in reconciliation next time around. It seems seems quite obvious to me, at least. Well, we will certainly be watching all of the twists and turns. Let's move on to the number two story of the morning. Uh, this is some internal Democratic politics. So yesterday it was announced that House Budget Committee Chairman John Yarmuth, the Democrat from Kentucky, was not going to seek re-election in 2022. Yarmouth is an eight-term lawmaker. He's the only Democrat from Kentucky in the delegation. And his retirement, I mean, I think as we've all been noting that it seems as though Democrats are likely to lose the, uh, the, the majority after the midterms. And certainly his retirement plays into that. But I think more than even just what his retirement means for us, we are always focusing on power, people, politics. What does it mean for who's going to be the next, you know, leader of the Democrats in the House for the for the budget committee. What does that kind of look like? Yeah. So let's start with what it means. Um, I, I think you, what you said at the top is right. I mean, what is it? One of the hallmarks of losing the majority <laughs> is when a bunch of chairmen retire. Now, uh, John Yarmuth is the first chairman to call it quits. And he said it has nothing to do with not being in the majority. He wants to be with his grandkids at 75. I get that. But um you know, I, I understand that. It's just if you if you thought you were going to be in the majority, perhaps you'd stay, but maybe not. You can't get into anyone's mind. But I've seen, we've seen, I mean, we wrote a book about this the last time a party lost the majority. That was 2018. And um, I remember a bunch of chairmen called the quits that year and a bunch of chairmen um, uh, were. So, I mean, listen, it, it's not a great sign when chairmen start to retire, start to retire. Now, the budget committee is an important committee. It It, it, it is Nancy Pelosi always says your budget is your values. And I think there's you know, it's a bit hokey, but there's some truth to that. Right. I mean, a party's budget is the is the blueprint for how they're going to spend money and how they're going to. Um, how they're going to uh, what their vision is for the country and for for the future of the social safety net and and all things like that. So who's going to be the next budget chair? There's two people at top of the party uh, at top of the committee rather who could take that. That is Brendan Boyle of Pennsylvania, Brian Higgins of uh, upstate New York. Now I, Boyle seems to me like the odds-on favorite here. Um, he is younger than Higgins. He is. Um, you know, I, I think the party is going to try to if 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 they lose the majority and if Nancy Pelosi leaves, as she has hinted, she will. Uh, I think they're going to try to go younger. And I think that Boyle is a um, is a is not, you know, part of the old line House Democratic establishment. He's represented the uh, 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 Philadelphia in Congress since um, I think 2014 is when he was elected. And um that's a so that would be an interesting an interesting kind of new fresh face atop the um, atop the party. He is, I believe, in his lower forties, forty four years old. Um, that is, uh, you know, that would be something that the Democrats would would like to see on top of a, a, an important committee like the Budget Committee. Of course, again, still very very early. Very to, early <laughs> to your point. Uh, the question will be. Do we see a bunch of other retirements at the that senior level following Yarmouth? Certainly then would be kind of one of those trend lines to watch, at least in the next uh, several months. 
Let's move on to the third story of the morning, the money game. We have a Portman raising money for Jane Timken. No, it is not Senator Portman. It is Jane Portman, the wife of retiring Senator Rob Portman, who is uh, raising money for Jane Timken, who's running for Portman's Senate seat, kind of putting the Portman thumb on the scale here. Yeah, that's right. And the and the fundraiser is um is at uh um uh, the Ricketts residents, the Ricketts who are big Republican fundraisers and big Republicans overall. Um, are, um, uh, you know, this is like a establishment Republican kind of event. Um, But all that being said, Rob Portman is not endorsed, but this is might be as close as you'll get to Rob Portman endorsing for his his uh, uh, former seat. I guess the seat he's abandoning. Uh, He's retiring. He's he's actually had that seat for a long time. But anyway, I would I would also suggest that um, I think you'll see an effort in the next couple of weeks, months, whatever. Um, for Republicans to try to, you know, kneecap J.D. Vance and uh, uh, Josh Mandel, the two other candidates candidates in this race. Jane Timken is, uh, although she's been a, a Trump loyalist, she's seen as the establishment. I mean, Trump is the establishment now, so I think he's seen as the establishment, um, the establishment uh, uh, lane in this primary. All right. With that, thanks so much for listening. Leave us a rating and review. Share our daily punch podcast it's the easiest way for people to find us you can also subscribe to punchbowl news at punchbowl.news have a great day and stay safe